This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I tell you, God's good, isn't he? Did y'all have a good week this week? Huh? How do you like that snow? Makes a guy want to put on his hunting clothes. Praise God. Amen. Well, maybe you didn't get snow. We had a half inch of snow on our deck this morning. It was awesome. Now, some people won't agree with that. I know. There's a lot of things I say that people don't agree with, but it's okay. You know, praise God. We can, we can uh, disagree without being disagreeable, right? I said we can disagree without being disagreeable, can't we? Sure. Amen. Praise God. I know some of you'd rather have Florida weather. But I, I have a surprise for you. We're not in Florida. Uh-huh. We are in Iowa, man. And so uh, things have a way of changing, praise God. But we have had a beautiful fall, amen? So, you know, the glass is half full. It's not empty anyway, praise God. So we can rejoice in that. Glory to God. Um, let's open our Bibles, praise God. I got a few things I want to mention. Well, wait a minute. Forget about the Bible right now. Okay, let me just tell you about a couple things I want to make you uh, aware of. Of course, you know that uh, uh, we're going to be voting here pretty quick. And uh, I hope that all of you are registered. Isn't that right? Did you know that I think in the last election cycle that like 40 some percent, 41 percent maybe of evangelicals did not vote? Don't do that, you guys. I mean, praise God. You know, we need your voice. In, in this election, and it's important. I mean, <laughs> probably more so than ever before. And so be sure, if you're not registered, I think you still have until uh, Friday to be able to register to, to vote. Actually, you could go right up on election day, I suppose, and, and register um, that way. Um, but um, if, and here's the other thing about it, you, you, you are going to vote, right? I said, you're gonna vote, aren't you? You tell everybody else they need to vote. It is a right and it's a privilege of every citizen of this United States to be able to vote. And so uh, people say, well, how do you think I should vote? That's pretty simple. Now, wait a minute before you draw your conclusion. I think all you have to do is look at all the candidates and see where they stand on the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage. Huh? and the freedom of our religion. Those three fundamental things will tell you everything you need to know about who you should vote for. And I mean, it has become blatantly clear about how candidates feel about those three things. And if you uh, uh, just uh, take a look at that, I think you can uh, pretty well decide what it is. And I'm not talking about that in the context of anything other than what the Bible says, you know? The Bible, uh, you know, clearly teaches us that the sanctity of life is just that. It is sacred. So is marriage between a man and a woman. And so is the freedom of your and I's religion to be able to worship God in spirit and in truth. And you've got to know, man, that they are doing everything they can to silence the church. We see it all over the place. And closing down churches. I mean, I've got colleagues and friends that I've been talking to all over the country. And, and I mean, they're in a fight. We had a couple here just this last Wednesday, midweek service in Illinois. They haven't even been able to go to church, you know. And so I'm telling you what, if you just think, if you think that this isn't going to impact you, you're wrong. And that's why you better get involved. Praise God. And you better tell others to do the same. So it's important that you do that. And there's a couple places that I'd like to suggest that you can go to and you can get some information if you want to write these down. Uh, You can go to myfaithvotes.com, myfaithvotes.com. And you can actually go down, I don't know where it's on the page, but you can go to your, it'll show you the United States, you can click on your state, It'll give you information, different things of that nature with regard to candidates. The other thing that you can do that I think will be of of benefit to you is you can go to thefamilyleader.com. Thefamilyleader.com. A lot of people have questions about the judges. And if you go to thefamilyleader.com, I think it's down in the lower part of uh, one of their pages. It'll talk, it'll... um, 
communicate with you about judges. And it'll also, there, there's, a, there's an amendment or something uh, on the, does anybody know what that is? I mean, I know what it is, but I can't think of it right now. To amend the Constitution, yes or no. And that's, well, again, in my mind, no-brainer. But anyway, uh, you can find some information. So, faith, myfaithvotes.com and thefamilyleader.com. If you are not registered, there are very simple ways for you to be able to do that online. And again, if you talk with people and uh, they haven't done so, uh, you need to get them involved, you know, and... Uh, Praise God, you know, we, we usually vote by absentee ballot, and man, we are getting pounded by every, you know, entity and agency on the planet. And finally, I, I got one, you know, it says, if you have, put done. So, man, I put capital letters, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done already. Thank you. So maybe I won't, my, they won't blow my phone up anymore. Maybe not, I don't know. Hallelujah. But it is an important time, so please make sure that you do that. also want to mention to you about the Church at Prayer tonight at 6 o'clock and then also on the 1st of November, another week. We didn't want to really encroach on our small group uh, people that are meeting, so we selected these two Sundays evenings to pray. And uh, we're going to be praying for our nation, you know, and we're going to be praying in the Spirit. We're going to ask the Holy Ghost to give us utterance in the Spirit to be able to pray for this nation. There's so much at stake. And the thing you need to realize is, is there are forces, the forces of darkness are intending to thwart God's plan and purpose, but he cannot and will not do it. Amen. But we as the church can come and he said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, praise God, I'll come to their aid. I'll hear their prayers. Glory to God. I'll heal their land. Amen. I believe that. And so we're going to stand in the gap. We're going to get, get before God tonight at 6 o'clock. Not a lot of fanfare. We're just going to go to praying. I maybe share a couple of scriptures just to kind of get us all heading in the right direction. But we're going to pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit, because we need His help. And He says often, you know, we don't know what to pray for as we should, but the Holy Ghost takes hold together with us against whatever it is that's coming against us. And believe me, there are things. Another thing I want to, uh, I want to promote uh, within the church here is um, the fact that we love our blue. Matter of fact, I'm getting me some signs, and I'm going to park them right out here by the highway, you know, because I tell you what, praise God for these men and women and these families. I mean, if you see them, let them know that you appreciate them. And what it is that they do, if they're having lunch, buy their lunch. And if you can't afford it, come and talk to me and I'll pay for it. Because I tell you what, these men and women and their families need to be supported 110%. Are you listening to me? So make sure that you let them know. Because they stand between you and hell a lot of times. And you ought to be thankful for it. Amen? Uh, I mean, I've seen some things, you know, well, you know, Facebook and stuff. I'm not on Facebook. I don't care about Facebook. But I've heard some stuff about what people are saying. I'm talking about Christians. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, what has happened to you? Are you out of your mind? You know? I mean, you take away law enforcement, which is what they want to do. Now, the thing you need to understand is they want to do away with your law enforcement, and they want to impose their own. Yeah. It's all about control, and so, praise God. Let them know, please, will you? Amen? And uh, that'll bless me a whole lot. Now, let's do something else. We got new members. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, we got new members that have uh, went through our membership class. Uh, <clears throat> I want to apologize. I don't know that we did a really good job in communicating that we were having a class, but many of you did somehow or another catch it and uh, be, uh, went to the classes and uh, found out a little bit about how you can participate as a member within the church. And so we want to recognize them this morning. Now we're going to make them do something that they don't want to do, but this is the last time they'll ever have to do it. Hallelujah. And that is they have to stand up, come down here, face you, and so you can see their beady little eyes and who it is, praise God, that made these commitments. Now, are they excited about this? No. But you know what? Praise God. It'll be okay. You'll live and not die. I, tr I, I, I promise you, hallelujah. And so we want to welcome them, welcome them into 
our sheepfold, our church, praise God, and we appreciate them. So when I uh, <clears throat> name your name, would you please make your way to the front as a bold child of the living God? Glory to God. You're not afraid of no crowd. Hallelujah. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? All right. Well, let's see how this uh, uh, first one goes. Beth Hanoran? Is that? Huh? Okay. Come on, Beth. Jerry and Betty Doty. Praise God. These two have been on me about having a membership class since... You know, the, the, yeah, you got to turn and face them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, Catherine Fisher, Stacy Keast, John and Nikki Hopping, Bill and Mary Mayhew, and Dylan McCain. Dylan, are you here this morning? Yeah, he sure is. Praise God. Yeah, look at these fine, wonderful. Praise God. Amen. So, so here's what we're going to do. Honey, you want to come and, and uh, we're going to shake their hands and say, we're glad you made it. Praise the Lord. You endured. God bless you. Welcome to the fellowship. Nikki, bless you. Bill, Mary, hallelujah. Catherine, bless you, man. Yeah. How you guys doing so far standing up here? Great. Huh? Yeah, it's awesome. Stacy, bless you, girl. Dylan, thanks, man. All right, let's give him one more round of applause. You can go ahead and be seated. Praise God. <clears throat> and I think uh, because we were a little bit, uh, that we didn't do a very good job with our uh, uh, announcements of this, we're going to go ahead and do one here pretty soon because I know a bunch of you would have liked to and didn't get the chance, and so we'll, we'll let you jump in on that. Praise God. All right, now let's open our Bibles. To Psalm 112. Praise God. We want to welcome all of you that are watching either by Facebook or on the YouTube channel. Praise God. If you got a Bible, I'd encourage you, praise God, wherever you are, get your Bible out, praise God, and let's find out what the Bible has to say about our lives, the will of God, what He wants to do. Hallelujah. Are you all ready for a good word? Are you all awake this morning? Did the ushers turn on the heat or the AC? Huh? Keep it cold. Keep it cold. Al says the AC's on, baby. That's good. You know why? Because people go to sleep. You don't, we don't need to give you any reasons to go to sleep. You'll do it on your own. Huh? You know, there are some churches, they literally hand out blankets to people. Come in, want a blanket? Because they, they got her down, baby. They can hang beef in that sanctuary. But there's a reason behind it. You get all quiet, you get all warm and fuzzy, and, you know, pretty soon you're out. So, well, we haven't done that. So uh, I have my wife on the front row, and she does have a little say-so once in a while, you know, about things. Like, huh? Not very often. <laughs> well, she lets me know about it. You know, at least, praise God. What's that, baby? Nothing, okay. All right. Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we thank you today. We live in a delightsome land, Father. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. We acknowledge, Father, that it's because of your benevolent and your gracious hand. We acknowledge you, Father, as our God. And Father, we thank you today that you have provided for us a place like no other to live. And, that, and in that, Father, we've also had the privilege to be able to reach the world around us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, help us to keep doing so. We thank you, Father, for your blessing in this house today. And as we come before you, I thank you, Father, for eyes to see and ears to hear. We ask you, Father, that you would, by the Holy Ghost, teach us the Word of God. And I thank you that there will, there will and there shall be a deposit made within the hearts of these, your people, that will bless them, that will help them, that will encourage them, that will strengthen them, Father, in every way, spiritually and in their minds. And I thank you, Father, for your blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I'd like, if you would, to read with me Psalm 112, verses 1 through 8. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man or woman, 
that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness will endure forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends, and he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, and he shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Hallelujah. What a great bunch of scriptures. Isn't that good? You know, this is what the psalmist of old, by inspiration of the Spirit of God, had to say about those who delight themselves greatly in the Word of God or in His commandments. Hallelujah. Particularly the New Testament. You know, when you, when you find the truth, Jesus said, you'll know it and it will make you what? Free. Praise God. It was for freedom that Jesus Christ came to give us freedom and make us free. I mean, He paid, as I mentioned last week, an incredible price for your freedom so that you would no longer be bound by sin. Only God can deliver a man or woman from sin because he changes the nature of that person and makes them become a child of God. You can't do that on your own. I said you can't do that by yourself. Only God can recreate a person. So when we come to him, and we repent of our sin because sin is what destroys people's lives, whether you're a sinner or a saint. Huh? You know, you, you can get born again and become a child of God, but if you live in sin, guess what? It'll destroy your life. Huh? But thank God we don't have to do that. I said, thank God we don't have to do that. He's given us the power and the ability, glory to God, to live above sin and its domination within our lives. Aren't you glad for that? I tell you what, praise God, what a privilege. What a precious thing, glory to God, to not have to be dominated by the God of this world or the sin that is in the world. Hallelujah. But we can rather rejoice and, praise God, live victoriously. You know, <clears throat> whether you realize it or not, God has a, he's got a plan for your life. You say, well, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm down the road a ways here. Well, that hasn't changed God's plan for your life. Huh? And it's a good plan. Everybody say, it's a good plan. You know, the plan that God has for you is a good one. So it ought to be your pursuit. God, what is it that you have for me? Well, we read a little bit right here, you know, in Psalm 112 about God's plan for your life. No matter what's your age. Hallelujah. Well, if you're younger, then praise God, you can get started off sooner. Are you listening to me? If you're older, you can still take it up and say, you know what, I'm in that line. Glory to God, because his plan is so wonderful. He said, I know the plans I have for you, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope, and to give you a future. Everybody say it together, my future is bright. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, glory to God. And so... <clears throat> You know, th there's this destiny that God has for you, child of God, you personally. And so with our pursuit of that plan and God's destiny on our lives, great grace can rest upon each and every one of us. Hallelujah. I mean, you know what? Some of the greatest things that men and women have done I don't know why I get back onto this, because I guess I'm talking maybe to a, an older group of people. But some of the greatest, you know, things that people have done has, have been in the latter years of their life. You know, I think about, you know, Smith Wigglesworth. He, was, he wrote a book entitled The Apostle of Faith, you know. <clears throat> and the thing is, he didn't get saved till he was 60. But I'm telling you what, praise God, he nearly turned, you know, uh, uh, England upside down when he got saved. He was a plumber. And he was pretty hardcore and, you know, this and that and the other, crusty around the edges and all kinds of things. But he changed, he changed his world when he was at that age. And who knows what it is that you might be able to do to impact 
the lives of people that are around you. So I encourage you, praise God. Don't be going and hanging up your coat and hat and saying, well, you know what, I don't know. I'm just going to coast. There ain't no coasting. I mean, you can, but there's no coasting in the kingdom of heaven. There's just a work to be done until he comes. So, you know, and here's the thing. When it comes to God's destiny on your life, it's only realized through obedience and a thing called faith. I tell you what, I'm so glad that my wife became obedient to the faith. She said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to receive Jesus, 18-year-old girl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him my life, and I'm going to serve him. I'm so glad she chose to obey because it helped me find my way to find Jesus. Do you know that when you obey God, you open up doors for other people? Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, as we went down the road a couple years old in the Lord, the Spirit of God spoke to me in a little, you know, Assembly of God church and says, I want you to go into the ministry. And I obeyed. I'm so glad I obeyed. You know, glory to God. Went to Bible school for a year, came back home, and the Spirit of the, God, uh, Spirit of the Lord says, I want you to start a church. I said, I don't want to. He says, but I have a plan. And I said, yes. And she said, yes. And we started, you, you, are the recipients of somebody who choose, chose to obey. Are you listening to me? I remember when we built this sanctuary. You know, there's always opposition when you obey God. We wanted to build this sanctuary, and people say, well, what do we need that for? Because, praise God, we need a harvest barn. We need a bigger place, you know? And really, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the reason that people get all, you know, knotted up about it is because it's going to cost them something. So we started off, you know, the way we went. Thank God for obedience. Everybody say, thank God, thank God. for obedience. obedience. Yeah. Raised a million and a half dollars, built this building. We had people leave the church, you know. Why? Because they didn't want to be a part of that. They didn't want to have to spend any of their money. You know what? Your money isn't yours anyway. Anything and everything you got, you got from him. Now, that may come as a surprise to you, and you may think differently about that, but I'm telling you what, you take your health out of, the, out of your picture, and all of a sudden you'll find out what you don't have. Huh? So praise God, we always need to honor him. Glory to God. Amen. And I'll tell you what, it opens the door for the blessing of God in your life, you guys. Amen. Well, the preacher's just after my money. I don't care about your money. I got plenty. Are you listening to me? What I am interested in is your heart. And that's what God is interested in. He said, beware of covetousness. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. Are you listening to me? And when you hold your money so tight, listen, come on. Y'all still glad you came? You know, when you don't do your part, you need to give God 10%. You need to save 10% and figure out a way to live off the rest of it. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Hallelujah. And if you want to, you can give him more than that. Never hurts. Can't ever outgive God. Am I in the right church? I think I am. Glory to God. Amen. No, the Bible says if you be willing and obedient. In Job 30, or I'm sorry, Isaiah 119. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good. Everybody say good. good. You'll eat the good of the land. That's the will of God. If you're willing and obedient, the, the result of that is that you will eat the good of the land. Why do we have to keep apologizing for what it is that God wants to do in the child of God's life? Poverty and lack and deficiency is a curse. It's not from heaven. There is none of it in heaven. And so when God talks about his will for your life, he's saying that if you will obey me, then the blessing of God will come on you and overtake you. Everybody say, I'm in that line. I'm in that line. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, of course, you know you have to be a little bit careful that you don't let it get a hold of you. But, you know, we can do that. I said we can do that. <clears throat> Hallelujah. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, well, then you'll be devoured with the sword. Well, praise God, we're not going to be devoured. Amen. I said we're going to obey. Yeah. 
Another verse of scripture, Job 36, 11, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. But again, if they don't, they'll perish by the sword. You know, so, so here's the deal, you guys. I mean, you got two witnesses, you know, in Psalm 36, 11, and also in Isaiah 1 and 19, that God said that he would bless your life if you would obey him. Now, I'm not trying to suggest that obedience is always easy. <clears throat> you know, when we started this church, it wasn't easy, you know. I mean, from the moment that we announced it, I'm telling you, praise God, we had all kinds of devils show up. Yeah. yeah. What are they trying to do? Keep you from obeying God? Keep you from fulfilling the will of God? Keep you from the blessing of God? Are you with me? Yeah. They don't want to see the church. You know, the devil doesn't want to see you or the church prosper. Huh? You know, here a while back, we gave $5,000 to um, Jim and Faye Andrews to send down to Peru. Because these people don't have anything. I mean, they're so poor, they, they got nothing. They've shut the country down. I see in Italy, they're imposing a non-compliance fine on people for not, you know, staying in ho at home. 1200 bucks. It's from hell. I said, it's from hell. You know? And if they had their way in this country, they'd do the same thing. Thank God for people that are standing between us and that. Are you listening to me? Woo! You know, there's such different times that we're living in right now. You know, because of all the upheaval and all the things. But Jesus said these things would come to pass. But he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Just keep your eyes on me. So that's what we're endeavoring to do. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. So <clears throat> he said that, he, that if we would serve him, we'd spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasures. Glory to God forevermore. I believe that, don't you? Yes. Hallelujah. The very best is yet to come in all of our lives. Don't hole up where your life is concerned. God wants you to be vibrant. He wants you to be engaged. He wants you to have relationships with people. You know, I don't think that it's God's plan for you to become a hermit. I'm going to let that sit for a while. You know, some folks say, well, you know, the more I'm around people, the better I like my dog. Well, I like our dog too, but I, I don't think we've gotten that far down the road yet. And we're not going to, because God is interested in people. He's interested in hurting humanity. And you and I have the privilege of being able to help them because of what it is that we know. So it doesn't cost. It pays to obey God. And one of the greatest hindrances to obedience is doubt and unbelief. You know, if you won't believe, you won't be established. Are you with me? That's what it says uh, in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 9. If you will not believe, surely you will not be established. You want to be established? I said, do you want to be established? Then you're going to have to start believing what God said. Amen. You know, there's another verse of Scripture in 2 Chronicles 20, 20 we read. The Bible talks about Jehoshaphat, and he said, Hear me, you inhabitants of, uh, or all, all of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe. Everybody say, believe. Believe in the Lord your God. Hallelujah. And you uh, um, shall be established. Believe his prophets and you'll prosper. Hallelujah. It's all over in there. Did you notice that? Everybody say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Glory to God. You know, the devil, he does everything he can to lie to people, to discredit the word of God. Oh, I wouldn't believe that if I were you. Well, why not? It's God that's speaking. The Word of God is what, you know, it, it, listen to this. Listen to the phraseology of this and see if it doesn't ring true. Well, you know, has God really said, did God really say, where'd that come from? It came when the serpent deceived and beguiled Eve. And that same usage or tool is what the devil uses on Christians and believers today, and even non-believers. Oh, I wouldn't believe that if I were you. All they're after is your money, you know, or whatever the lie is, you know. 
you know, you don't have to be so strict about the way you live. Well, no, you don't. But you know, when God prescribes a certain lifestyle and a way in which we live, guess what? That's the best way. Are you with me? You know, you'll hear people, well, you don't have to, you don't have to go to church all the time to be a good Christian. Do you know that when they say that, there's something underneath that's a whole lot deeper that they have problems with? It's a fact. I mean, when you make that statement, it's indicative that you don't want to go to church. And the question now is, why? Well, I don't like the preacher. I don't like the church. I don't like the people. I don't know what, you know, well, maybe you need to repent. Maybe that's a good place to start. Where, where is the fervor? Where is the passion that you once had when it came to the church and to your relationship with Jesus? Hallelujah. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm going to serve God all the days of my life. Are you listening to me? We're not going to get to some place and then all of a sudden, you know, just kind of tie down somewhere and let it be at that. No, praise God. We're going to live for Jesus all the days of our lives until we take our last breath or he comes again. Amen. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. You know, listen, be careful about these things. Be careful that, that affluence doesn't crowd God out of your life. You know, all over in the scriptures, God warns us about his blessing coming on our lives. He's, and he keeps telling us, beware, lest that take you out. There's a scripture in uh, Deuteronomy uh, 28, 43 or 47 says, because you did not, it, it talks about the curse coming on them, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. In other words, you know, all kinds of things started coming into their lives and they got blessed and this and that and the other, but they didn't stay and continue serving God with joy. I said with joy. I said with joy. Hallelujah. And not only that, but a gladness of heart because of everything. It goes on then to say, therefore you'll serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you, hunger, thirst, nakedness, and in need of everything. Huh? You go the wrong way. Am I in the right house? Yes. <clears throat> you know, let me ask you a question. When people speak disparagingly of the church, where is that leading you? You know, if you listen to them, they'll take you someplace you really don't want to go. Are you listening to me? When they speak disparagingly, and, and the thing you have to understand is no church is perfect. No preacher is perfect. No individual is perfect. But when they start down that road with their language and start speaking disparagingly about the church, that ought to be an antenna, baby, that's going up. And you're going, oh, 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 wait, 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 wait just a minute. We are not going down this path. Why is that important? Because it'll take you to a place you don't want to go. And let me just say to you that, again, when people are talking that way, you say, why do you say that? Because I hear this stuff all the time. People are speaking disparagingly about the church, the preacher, and whatever, you know, and this and that. Now, if they're not a life-giving church, if people aren't getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, if they're not a praying church, if, if there's something, you know, that, that, you know, if God's not in the middle of it, I get that. But when you talk about a life-giving church, which Jesus gave his blood for, and shed his blood and gave his life and gave uh, birth to the church and you're talking ugly about it, I got to tell you, friend, you are in a bad place. It's not about the church. It's not even about the preacher. Are you listening to me? There are underlying things in that person's life. And all I'm telling you is, is if they're talking that way, run. I mean, either be bold, stand up and say, no, I ain't having this. Because today, there is this attempt to weaken the church in any way possible. And if the devil can divide and conquer, if he can split, 
splinter off people into God only knows where, and they're not a part of the body life of the church. They're not engaged. They're not there with their gift to be able to help, to be able to support, to be able to do something that will make a difference in somebody else's life. Listen, that's from hell. And I'm going to preach it long and hard, baby. Amen. Because there's a whole lot of folk that are believing things that are not true. Hallelujah. The Bible says, you know, that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Are you with me? It's a hard issue, you guys. You know, if you're all knotted up about it, there's something else going on. The psalmist said, man, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Come on. I was glad when they said, hey, let's go to Fellowship Church. Hallelujah. So that I can hear the word of God, so I can be taught, so that I can bless the lives of other people. Glory to God. Thank God for the church. Huh? The Bible says that we're the light of the world, that we're the salt of the earth. If you think things are dark, take the church out of what's going on. She is a preserver of life. That's why hell is doing everything it can to come against her. And I tell you what, praise God, let the strong, let the strong rise up. Glory to God. Let the weak say, I am strong. And let's be a part of what God is doing in the earth. Are you listening to me? Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Did you know it's not all about you? Well, you know, they don't this, they don't that, they don't. Listen to what's going on. Who's feeding you that? Well, I feel this, I feel that, or I don't feel this, and I don't feel that. Huh? Careful. I said careful. Praise God. You know, if we're going to, if listen, if you'll make up your minds, and your will has a big part to play in this, did you hear me? Well, you know, I'm just waiting. You know, I want some inspiration from God. Listen, start moving in a direction toward him. Inspiration will come. Huh? You know, Joshua told the nation of Israel, he said, I want you to choose today who you're going to serve. Well, I don't want to choose. I want God. No, choose. You're going to have to make up your mind. If you'll make up your mind, God gave you a will. He gave you your will to use. Huh? He said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Glory to God forevermore. Hang out with people like that and you'll get blessed. Can you say amen? But you have to make up your mind that you're going to obey God's word. And if you do, the blessing of God will come on you and overtake. Many of you that are in this church today, the blessing of God is all over your lives. I mean, you think about where you've come from. You think about what it is that God has. Wow, when I think about his goodness and what he's done for me. Huh? Yeah. You're blessed. I said you're blessed. You want to see hell, go out there in the world where they don't know God. And you'll find out in a hurry. Whoo! Huh? He said... This is what God said. It shall come to pass. Now, for many of you, it's coming to pass. He said, but it shall come to pass that if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments that I command you today. And really, you know, there's one divine law of love in the New Testament that you and I are to live by. Hallelujah. If we can just get the one right, we'll be okay. But he said, if you keep the commandment today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. That's why this nation is blessed. Because in its history, people have feared the Lord and feared his name and obeyed his commandments and have done that which is right in his sight. And now we have a a batch that's coming up and they're godless. They don't love God. They don't know God. They don't think they need God. I got to tell you, they are so wrong. So the harvest is white, baby. I mean, you talk about a target-rich environment. It's everywhere. Huh? So there's no loss for us being able to share. But listen, he said, the Lord will set you uh, on high 
above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. Woo! Glory to God! I mean, that was a chance to shout right there. You missed it. They will come on you and overtake you. Why? Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? I was just reading after the founder of our Bible school here recently, and he was talking about this would have been in 1963, 64. His office was in the den of his house in Garland, Texas. So everything about his ministry was being done out of their home, which basically he did, and all this and that and the other, in 1963. In 1974, 10 years later, this man obeys God. I tell you, it pays to obey. Everybody say, it pays to obey. God said, I want you to start a Bible school. He says, I don't much want to. Huh? Why? Because there's responsibility. There's weight to that. But thank God he obeyed. Because I owe my whole life and my ministry to this man because he obeyed. Are you listening to me? Obedience. Praise God. What a blessing it is to obey God and to follow in his path. Glory to God. But he made this statement. And then, and then from there on, his, you know, when we went to school, we were the fourth class in this Bible school, and there were 574 uh, students in that class. And then it just went up and up and up and up. And just like so many other things, you know, that happen, you know, after that, then other people get the idea that they want to have a Bible school, and then it, uh, you know, it diminishes. But that does not change the mandate of the school. Are you with me? and multiplied thousands of people all over this world. Probably millions of people have been impacted by it. We just were, uh, when we were in Branson, we were with uh, Patty uh, Akui, used to be Dunnick. We were with uh, his, her uh, husband, and, and he was giving a report, and we get them all the time. They're going to all of these islands, because, you know, they're all locked down over there, so you can't come in, can't go out, but they themselves can go around, and hundreds of people are giving their lives to Jesus Christ. I mean, man, they are like a firestorm reaching the people in that. And, and that's why we support them. You know, I mentioned to you earlier, I kind of got sidetracked, imagine that. But, you know, we gave $5,000, you know, to, to uh, uh, the Andrews so that they could help people. Last week, we gave another 5000 to be able to help uh, people that are in trouble, that have had hardship and difficulty as a result of all of this lockdown. You know, church, huh? the church did. Yes, church, amen. Churches, we've helped other churches. To help other churches in ministry. Did, no, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, you as a church gave $5,000 to help other churches and ministries that have been struggling. Are you with me? And we're going to give about 15, another $20,000 away in different places where the gospel is being preached. In other words, I'm going to find some good ground to take your seed and throw it in. Huh? And we're going to help people reach the world. I just talked to Gary Crowell. Uh, He's been a missionary to China for years. He's now here in the country. And and, uh, he and I went to Albania. Well, we went to Greece, went to Albania, and uh, some different places together. He's going back to Albania this next Wednesday. I thought to myself, I'm going to get in on this, you know. Because I believe, praise God, that anybody that's willing to go, we ought to pay the tar out of them. Are you with me? And there's a great thing going on in Albania through this one couple, uh, Fatmir and his wife. I mean, it is just astounding what's going on there. He was telling me a story. They had a, a little church in a village, and you didn't want to go out at night in this village. Albania is like a, a, a country that you go back to the 50s in. Everything's rusted. Everything is, I mean, you talk about the, the, a picture of the curse. It is just amazing. But I'm telling you what, light and life are coming into that country. And this young couple was out there in that village. Well, then they started a church in the city, which I was so thrilled to hear, because I'm telling you, there is destiny on this couple's lives, and they've got the goods. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, there was an earthquake 
in Albania, in that village. And um, it actually, so much so that it, they condemned the building that the church was in. There was another, like an apartment complex or something like that, and uh, it was destroyed. Everyone was killed in that building except one guy, and he was a Christian on the second floor. They all died. Thank God for the protection of heaven. Are you with me? So now, you know, you think, well, you know, that pretty much does it. We won't be able to do that. No, they're having church in the street. They go out and they have church in the street, in that village, for whoever is still living there. Are you listening to me? Well, you know, if people are willing to do that, praise God, we ought to get behind them and help them. Amen? Are you listening to me? So, anyway, back to Brother Hagin. Remember him? <clears throat> he made this statement. He said, God doesn't always pay up every Friday, but sooner or later, payday's coming. And he is a perfect example of that. You know, in the early uh, part of his ministry, um, he's driving up and down these primary roads and put on over a million miles, wore cars out. I mean, just beat. You talk about faithful. Talk about obeying. Well, praise God, you know, he got to the uh, middle age of his life, and all of a sudden, praise God, a lot of things started changing. He never wrote a book till he was 48 years old. Amen. Now he's got books galore. Amen. And they still preach. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, and here's the thing you got to know about payday. Payday comes in different forms. It's not just money. It's not resource necessarily, though it can be. But you know, paydays are like when situations turn around and it looks like they can't. Huh? Payday is when calamity or loss is averted. Payday is when revelation comes to you about something you need to know and it changes your life forever. Those are the kinds of paydays I'm talking about. When God whispers to your heart what it is that you need to do when it comes to how to parent your child. When you're just at wit's end about having the wisdom as to how to deal with it, and all of a sudden God says, do this. That's payday. Because now I've heard from heaven, and all of a sudden everything changes. Are you listening to me? So it comes in a lot of different ways. Glory to God. Amen. I mentioned to you a little bit uh, last week. We've got to move on here. Y'all doing all right? Still alive? Praise God. I mentioned to you a little bit about the experience that I had, the encounter I had with God. It was a life change. It was a game changer. It, cha it changed everything for the rest of my life. And it was all over one offering that he asked me to give for $150. Now, there's a lot of other things, you know, that I learned and so on and so forth. But it's important to understand that. He said, come to me. All of you that labor are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is, what's it say? It's what? It's easy. And my burden is light. Now that's not to say that you're not going to have to fight some battles, but praise God, at least you're not in it alone. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, and, and here's the thing. You know, a lot of folk, they're, they're, they're carrying burdens they were never designed to carry. Maybe you. You know, come to me, you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. How many of you believe that tonight, tonight, today, right now? <laughs> Amen? You know? You know, and, and when you think about this scripture with me, this is Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, think about it because it reveals the nature and the character of your God. Yes. You want to know how he feels about you? Yeah. Just read that scripture. Well, I'm not sure God loves me. Well, you can be sure he loves you. If you don't think that God loves you, the devil is whispering in your ear. Right. Huh? The Bible says God so loved the world. You know, God loved me when I was in my sin. God loved me when I was a mess. God loved me when I was arrogant. God loved me when I was so jacked up and messed up. He loved me right where I was. Because he sees humanity. 
And he knows, praise God, that there's value in you. There's value in me. There's value in the people that are outside this, uh, the four walls of this church. Are you listening to me? You know, a lot of times people, they just behave the way that they do because they're deceived. Amen? <clears throat> the devil always attempts to make people think that God is their problem. God's not your problem. I don't know what your problem is, but he ain't it. Huh? Come on. He's your answer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad for that? Don't let the devil lie to you. He's a liar. There's no truth in him. Well, if God would this, if God would that, if this person would do this, if this person. You know, it doesn't make any difference what people do or don't do. God's still God. And he can make a way where there is no way. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times, you know, people, you know, they carry the burden of, uh, you know, uh, maybe a terrible father-son relationship. Maybe, you know, it's a, uh, a, carrying this terrible burden of, of a, uh, a terrible um, relationship between a son and a mother or son. You know, whatever it is. God didn't, he never intended you to carry that. Are you listening to me? God wants you to be free from it. He doesn't want you to be bound by it, you know. Sometimes, you know, we just have to, we have to, we have to take these things to him. Come to me. You that labor, I'll give you rest. Why? Because he's going to give it to you, and he's going to say, you don't have to carry this anymore. This is not yours to carry. Praise God. Isn't that freeing? Glory to God to discover that you don't have to be bound by anything. Glory to God. Maybe it's the pain or the ravages of divorce. Many of you, you know, you've went through that. And sometimes people carry that. You know, and I'm telling you what, God wants you to be free. Yes, it happened to you. You can't, you can't change that. But I'm telling you what, whatever's in front of you can be a whole lot better. I said it can be a whole lot better. I said God wants it to be a whole lot better. Why? Because he's got plans for you, and they don't include harm. It does not include pain. It doesn't, you know, intend for you to live with the ravages of whatever has gone on in your past. Hallelujah. You can be free. In Jesus' name, glory to God. It's choice. The devil tries to take your will from you. He wants to tell you you don't have a will, but you do. And you can choose. Glory to God. Amen. Well, look with me one more time here real quickly as we try to bring this to a close. I said try, remember? Okay, Psalm 112, 11, we, or, uh, 112, verse 1. Seven things that God will do for you if you will delight yourself in Him. Seven things. Hallelujah. There's probably a few more, but we'll just work on these for right now. Seven things that God will do if you will delight yourself in God. The first thing that He will do, notice here in this verse, glory to God, in verse uh, 2 it says that his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Hallelujah. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. What do I mean by that? I'm telling you, if you'll serve God, God will do something for your kids. He'll do something for your children. You know? Praise God. If you'll serve him and follow him and obey him, God will bless your kids. Did you hear me? You know, I think about all these young people, and every Sunday morning, they're bringing their kids to Sunday school, and they're bringing them in here on Wednesday night, and they're saying, we're going to church. God bless you. Glory to God. What it is that you're doing for those kids is immeasurable. But you know, you got other parents, well, no, this is more important, this is that, and the other, and, and they're nowhere to be found. Listen, that's going to be a problem. I remember when we first started this church and my wife kept having babies. I don't know how, you know, where that all came from, but she just kept having babies. Maybe I do. But I tell you what, this woman would rise up early, man, and she'd get around and we'd pack all this stuff up. And we didn't have much then. You know, and, and she'd get those kids up, you know, and we'd be getting around and this and that and the other, you know, and we'd bring those kids to church. I mean, you, if your kids whine about going to church, you they should have been ours because they went early. Huh? We opened the doors of this place up. We didn't have all the help that we had now. 
I mean, you know, we'd get out there and we'd get to go and praise God, and she never said a word. She just did it. And we talked to our kids, and we said, you're going to church. And they'd be there on Wednesday night. They'd be on the, so what, what choice do they have? The preacher's got to go preach. Are you listening to me? But I thank God because every one of them served God today. Amen. Did we have some battles? You better believe it. Come on, are you kidding me? Hallelujah. But we chose who we were going to serve, and we decided we was going to obey God. Are you listening to me? And if you'll do the same, you'll be blessed. I'm telling you, plant your kids in the house of God. Are you listening to me? Some of you, you know you can't. That's all done with, pass or whatever. But I tell you what, you can still be a blessing to them in, ever, uh, in other ways. But plant them in the house of God. Hallelujah. You know, you can have all the accolades of the world and you can lose your kids. It's not worth it. Are you with me? Number two, got to hurry. Wealth and riches will be in your house. God wants you to have something. He wants you to have plenty. He wants you to have so much praise God that you can give it to others. Are you listening to me? You can't help somebody else if you don't have anything. People want to speak so disparagingly against prosperity. I'm telling you, it's the voice of the devil. You can't help somebody if you don't have anything. But I tell you what, praise God, if you've got something, then you can sow it. You can give it. You can participate. You can support. And God can do great and mighty things as a result of it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> number three, light will come to you in darkness. Now, this is, uh, I don't know. I'm not using the verses of Scripture, but they're there. Hallelujah. Uh, verse four, I guess this is. Light will come to you in darkness. Hallelujah. And here's what you need to understand. You're not going to go through life without challenges. You know, sometimes it's going to get dark. Sometimes you're going to experience the storms of life. But thank God you're not in it alone. And you don't have to sit there and say, well, you know, did I do something wrong now? You know, is God, you know, trying to punish me or whatever? Most of the time, it's the devil trying to kill, steal, and to destroy. If you need to examine your heart and check up on yourself, well, that's one thing. But I mean 90% of the time, or maybe even more than that, it's just hell's assault. And God will give you light. Uh, light will arise to you in darkness. Are you with me? You might, be in, you might end up in the lion's den, but praise God, God will be there. And he'll keep you till morning. Glory to God. And the people that meant evil towards you, they're the ones that are going to get thrown in there. You may end up in jail with Paul and Silas, but I tell you what, praise God, light will arise in your darkness and the glory of God will come into that place and shake the jail, glory to God, loose the bands of wickedness and set the captive free. Hallelujah. That's our God. Woo. Woo. It's the only way I know how to get release that, man. That is awesome. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe you end up in a furnace. But I'll tell you what, glory to God, there'll be a fourth man in the fire. And he'll stand there with you. And he'll escort you out. Hallelujah. Arise, 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 arise. God. Let me off. Not quite done. <laughs> For yourself. Lincoln. Just getting to the good part. <laughs> Whoops. 
Got to preaching. Sent my batteries into a tailspin. Hallelujah. <laughs> Where were we? The furnace. He'll be there with you. Amen. God didn't cause the furnace. Hell caused the furnace. What hell say? You better do it my way. You better worship this image that I want to uh, uh, proclaim as God. Otherwise, you're going to end up in there. And you say, nope, don't think so. Huh? Praise God. <clears throat> Number four. Number four. Where's number four? It's, it's verse five. A good man shows favor and lendeth, or is generous, and he will guide his affairs with judgment. So number four is, is he'll give you good judgment in being generous, and not only that, but in your life. Talking about the rewards of obedience, glory to God. He'll teach you how to handle your money. He'll teach you how to handle your, uh, your marriage. You know, if some of you would listen, you wouldn't have to have all the problems you have. You wouldn't even need me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, but I don't want to. Well, then live it your way. He'll help you. He'll give you wisdom and, and judgment on how to raise your kids. I'm telling you what, man, parenting is a full-time deal, especially in the world in which we live today and decisions that you have to make. But I'll tell you what, he'll teach you how to handle them and he'll bless you. Praise God. And then, uh, so number five, and this is verse six, I think, surely I'll not be moved forever. And, and number five says he'll cause you to be established and leave a rich legacy. Woo! I said he'll cause you to be established and leave a rich legacy. Now, they don't want to be called out, but I'm going to do it anyway. But I think about Greg and Pam Barnston and their kids, their three kids. And I tell you, what a rich, what a rich legacy that this couple has where their kids are concerned because they feared God, they were faithful, they brought their church. They've been on, this, on the front row, practically, of this church for over, 40, well, almost 40 years. And I remember I've got a picture of Greg. He was sitting on the front row, and I don't know, Sandy Brown or whoever it was. And I mean, he wasn't leaning back saying, you know, I think I'll relax. I'm telling you, he was leaning up. He had his, his, his uh, elbows on his knee, and he was taking notes. Why? Because he wanted the life Jesus wanted them to have. And he was willing to do whatever it took to get it. And how marvelously God has blessed their lives. And they got all these grandkids, you know, that's why they're never around. For some reason or another, they want to go where they're at. Go figure. Now, praise God, it's part of the reward. It's part of the legacy, you know, that we get when we obey God. Hallelujah. So, uh, that's, what was that, five? Okay, five. We're ready for six? You ready for six? Somebody says six. Come on, six, six. Come on, six. Fear will not be able or be the controlling factor in your life. Verse 7, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Trusting in who? Trusting in the Lord. So fear will not be the controlling factor in your life. God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And finally, number 7, glory to God. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> number 7, he'll bless your life. In looking after those that are in need. Verse 8 says his heart is established. He's not afraid. Praise God until he sees his uh, enemies uh, get their reward. He'll bless your life in looking after those who need. I'm so glad, you guys, that we had the privilege of sowing into Peru. Are you with me? And other places that we have given. Over the years, Samoa and different places like that. In Lebanon, you know, we want to get uh, re-involved with Lebanon again. You know, because, <clears throat> you know, Matt and Julie, praise God, they're laying down their lives for the gospel. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So these are things and places and different ones, you know, that we can be involved in. Amen.
and help them, and we're going to do some more of it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everybody say this together. Father, I serve you gladly. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. I thank you, Lord, that in my obedience, blessing will come. I have chosen to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Thank you, Father, for your great grace that rests upon our lives for good and not evil. Therefore, I rejoice. I have the oil of joy. I thank you for gladness that's in my life. Glory to God forevermore. I mean, you could just go on forever. Hallelujah. You know, you'll never have what you criticize. You know, we went down to Branson, you know, and there's all this preaching, music, and all this and that and the other. And I get one word from it. Well, it wasn't just one. But I, one word. And it's worth everything. You'll never have what it is you criticize. People are critics. I mean, galore. You guys don't criticize. Just keep her on the down low. You don't tell everybody what you think. Not to mention the fact, stop thinking it. You know why? Because in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, finally, brethren, one more final thing I want to tell you. Whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is just and pure and lovely and of a good report, think about that. Think about that. You'll get in conversations sometimes, you know, and man, all of a sudden, you know, the fervor of the thing is just all ratcheting up. Man, pretty soon, praise God. I mean, people are almost foaming at the mouth. I mean, they're, you know, stirred up and whatever. Well, it's in those moments you want to say, man, it is one fine day out today, isn't it? How will it change the subject? Let's go somewhere else. Glory to God. All right, well, listen, I, I've, I've talked long enough. Everybody stand. Praise God. Thank you, Lord.